Hello, uh, good morning. This is uh, me, Raymond, on Thursday morning, recording my little contribution to our Eucharist on Sunday. And what I'm going to do is uh, read the readings and make brief comments on them. And that will add up to the ministry of the word. So uh, here goes. The first reading is from the Song of Songs and um, the Love Song of Solomon, in other words. And it goes like this. Uh, the voice of my beloved. Look, here he comes, leaping upon the mountains, bounding over the hills. My beloved is like a gazelle or a young stag. Look, there he stands behind our wall, gazing in at the windows, looking through the lattice. My beloved speaks and says to me, Arise, my love, my fair one, and come away. For now the winter is past, the rain is over and gone. The flowers appear on the earth, the time of singing has come, and the voice of the turtle dove is heard in the land. The fig tree puts forth its figs, and the vines are in blossom. They give forth fragrance. Arise, my love, my fair one, and come away. So just a little pause to take in those extraordinarily powerful and rich words. But in this uh, beautiful text, a young woman uh, lies awake in the early dawn, waiting for the arrival of her lover. And when he appears at the window, he urges her to come away with him into the countryside, which is now abloom in all the splendours of spring. What is here celebrated, and in the whole of the Song of Songs, is the sheer beauty of human love in all its connotations, both physical and spiritual. For us in lockdown, however, um, this all risks falling flat. Even with spring just round the corner, there's no way we can come away uh, to any place. Or is there? Perhaps we should reflect that we can flourish just as much in a confined space as in the great outside. In our house at the moment, we have our daughter, her partner and their newborn, Harry, and despite all the stress of parenthood and sleepless nights and a crying baby, one can see a, between Carla and Matt, the same joyous love, the same human love, as is here celebrated in the Song of Songs. So it can all come home to us and not just remain in the text. The next reading is from Psalm 45, verses 1 to 2 and 6 to 9. And there we hear the words, My heart overflows with a goodly theme. I address my verses to the king. My tongue is like the pen of a ready scribe. And then he lets fly. You are the most handsome of men. Grace is poured upon your lips. Therefore God has blessed you forever. Your throne, O God, endures forever and ever. Your royal scepter is a scepter of equity. You love righteousness and hate wickedness. Therefore God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness beyond your companions. Your robes are all 
fragrant with myrrh and aloes and cassia. From ivory palaces, stringed instruments make you glad. Daughters of kings are among your ladies of honour. At your right hand stands the queen in gold of Ophir. Again, wonderful, splendid words evoking the scene of uh, a royal wedding. So we move from a teenage assignation to a, a royal wedding, and it all starts in these very secular places. But while the physical beauty of the king, the queen and her attendants, their attire, is celebrated in this fulsome kind of way, the basis of the king's rule, as the psalm makes clear, is to be righteousness and justice and the hatred of iniquity. And if we now highlight this one word, righteousness, its biblical meaning is a proactive reaching out um, to all who are denied their fair share of the wealth of society. And in the Bible, that refers to widows and orphans, the poor, strangers and slaves. And we could no doubt make a similar list for our own times. But here we learn, in contrast to the earlier reading, that love is social as well as personal. It has to do with inclusive justice and the taking of initiatives to make that justice real. So the psalm poses the question, will this king, who is here celebrated, rule in this way? in justice, righteousness, and in hatred of iniquity. Will this king rule in this way, or any government, our own government, or even ourselves in our little household bubbles? And then the next reading is from the Epistle of James, chapter 1, verses 17 to 27. And this is how it goes. In every generous act of giving with every perfect gift is from above coming down from the father of lights with whom there is no variation or change in fulfillment of his own purpose he gives birth he gives birth to us by the word of truth so that we would become a kind of first fruits of his creatures you must understand this, my beloved. Let everyone be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger, for your anger does not produce God's righteousness. Therefore rid yourselves of all sordidness and rank growth of wickedness, and welcome with meekness the implanted word that has the power to save your souls. But be doers of the word, and not merely hearers who deceive themselves, for if any are hearers of the word and not doers, they are like those who look at themselves in a mirror. For they look at themselves and, on going away, immediately forget what they were like. But those who look into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and persevere, being not hearers, but who, who, forget, who forget, but doers who act, they will be blessed in their doing." Thus, um, in Jeremiah, I just got the wrong page. 
And the, the text goes on, If any think they are religious and do not bridle their tongues, but deceive their hearts, their religion is worthless. Religion is pure and undefiled before God the Father. It's this, to care for orphans and widows in their distress and keep one unstained or unstained from the world. So once again we meet the God who resonates all the way through the First Testament. In Exodus 3 we read of this God, I have, I have observed the misery of my people and have come down to deliver them. And this same note also uh, resonates through the Psalms. In Psalm 147, for example, we read, He, uh, this God that is celebrated, heals the brokenhearted, lifts up the downtrodden, blesses your children within you, grants you peace within your borders. We could say then that James urges us, like God, to identify those who are in need and take action for their assistance. And he contrasts this with worldly values, which basically means being blind to the needs of others. World here refers to selfish, inward-looking values. The reformer Martin Luther said that sin consists in being bent in on yourself, as he put it, in curvatus in se, bent in on yourself, or as we would say, up yourself. And then uh, we move on to the Gospel, which is Mark 7, 1 to 8, 14 to 15, and 21 to 23. And this is how that goes. Now, when the Pharisees and some of the scribes had come from Jerusalem, gathered around him, they noticed that some of his disciples were eating with defiled hands, that is, without washing them. For the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they thoroughly wash their hands, thus observing the tradition of the elders. And they do not eat anything from the market unless they wash it. And there are also many other traditions that they observe, the washing of cuts, pots and bronze kettles. So the Pharisees and the scribes asked him, why do your disciples not live according to the, the tradition of the elders, but eat with defiled hands? He said to them, Isaiah prophesied rightly about you hypocrites, as it is written, This people honours me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching human precepts as doctrines. You abandon the commandment of God and hold to human tradition. Then he called the crowd again and said to them, Listen to me, all of you, and understand. There is nothing outside a person that, by going in, can defile. But the things that come out are what defile. For it is within, from within, from the human heart, that evil intentions come. Fornication, theft, murder, adultery, avarice, wickedness, deceit, licentiousness, envy, slander, pride, folly, all these things come from within, and they defile a person. Now, uh, as we know, a heart, biblically, means the resonating centre of a, of a person. What characterises 
and mot motivates us for good or evil. And here in this text, the emphasis is on the heart as the seat of all evil desires. Thus in Jeremiah 17.9 we read, The heart is devious above all else, it is perverse. And it's true that our motives are not always the best. And part of our daily prayer is to be delivered from evil. At the same time, uh, the heart, uh, once it is filled with the Spirit of God, can be an endless source of blessing and good. In Matthew 5.8, for example, we read, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And if we look at the surrounding verses in Matthew 5, in the Sermon of the Mount, we learn that blessedness of heart can encompass the whole of life. The meek, the humble, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, the merciful, the peacemakers, the persecuted, and much else. And perhaps we could make our own list of conditions which are blessed. We call such people wholehearted or great-hearted, and we could ask ourselves, as we sit here now in lockdown, whether we are among these wholehearted or great-hearted people and uh, deal with what comes our way day by day and night by night um, in that spirit. But to get a handle on what this means, um, here are some words from St. Francis of Assisi, and it's one of his admonitions. He says this, Lord, make us to walk in your way. Where there is love and wisdom, there is neither fear nor ignorance. Where there is patience and humility, there is neither anger nor disturbance. Where there is poverty with joy, there is neither greed nor avarice. Where there is peace and contemplation, there is neither anxiety nor restlessness. Where there is fear of God to guard the dwelling, there no enemy can enter. Where there is mercy and discernment, there is neither excess nor hardness of heart. And this we know through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. So this, these words of St Francis um, can give us plenty to reflect on, as indeed all of today's readings and hopefully my little commentaries on them. So that then our days in lockdown um, unfold in that spirit, which is wholehearted, wholesome and good. Um, let us this morning receive the blessing and the encouragement of God. And may the Lord bless you and keep you the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And this, these words can perhaps help us in the coming days as we grapple with long lockdown, which may extend a little longer than we'd like it to. So blessings, everybody, and hope to see you all soon when this lockdown ends. <laughs>